Welcome to Account Trends, everybody. I'm Jason Stein with Intuit Accountants. My co-host, David Bergstein, and I are excited to be with you every couple of weeks to share the latest news, interesting perspectives, and hottest trends in the tax and accounting world. We'll have special guests on the show to help break these trends down and give you food for thought as you find new ways to deliver for your clients. But most importantly, we plan on having some fun while doing it. Welcome. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we have have with us today uh, another special guest, uh, actually an Intuit employee, Mr. Mike DeVolio, CPA and JD. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here. Good to see you, Jason. And as always, of course, we have Mr. Dave Bergstein here. Pleasure, pleasure to be here to listen to Mr. DeVolio sprout some uh, knowledge and wisdom about what to do uh, uh, tax planning wise, I guess. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mike. So first of all, Mike, what, what does JD mean exactly? It is a jurist doctor. So it's not juvenile delinquent. It's oh, that's JD degree. So I'm a, I'm an attorney, but a non-practicing one. All right. So really deeply familiar with the, with the tax laws here that. Correct. Um, and that's, that's why we have you here. So that's perfect. So, Mike, you know, we're kind of, we're coming up on the end of season. We're, we're in the thick of it still, but as we come out of season two, I think it's helpful to ground on some of the stuff. Share with us your thoughts on um, tax strategies. And, and before we get into that, I, I just want to kind of ground on, like, there's this trend emerging that people are, are dipping their toes into advisory through specific tax advisory services. So, and that's different from tax planning, right? Because tax planning is about projecting tax liability and like sort of getting ready for what the tax liability will be. But tax strategies is more like forward, proactive, you know, looking at here's here's things that we could be taking advantage of and then helping clients navigate through that stuff. And then even going as far as demonstrating like, Here's here's what you get from this. Here's the ROI that you get from this. So, with with that in mind, um, I think you had some thoughts on strategies for families with children. Yes, that's correct. Uh huh. So, w- what are what are some particular strategies that people could start thinking about advising their clients on in this in this area? Okay, I um, I circled uh, five strategies. Uh, we can go a little deeper when we move along here, but. Um, Really good tax benefits for uh, education and, like you said, planning strategy, a lot that you would need to do or could do ahead of time to um, maximize the the government benefits. Uh, Another one is hiring uh, your child or children to work in a family business. Uh, Be aware of the kiddie tax and the implications. There's some planning there to um, where you can reduce your tax liability, the adoption credit, uh, some good benefits there. And finally, I can talk about the uh, the gift tax implications. That sound like great areas. But let me ask you a question that Jason alluded to first, because most of our listeners are probably preparing tax returns in the thick of things. What do you advise the accountants to do to switch from planning to advisory? What do you tell them? To, how do they get? How do they make that switch? What do they have to do differently when they're talking to their clients? Or how do they get their clients? to know they're going to have to pay for advisory services. Right. Yeah, great question. 
you know, basically, uh, see, let's say you're the trusted advisor, right? So they, they, um, your clients love working with you. They trust you and you're basically broadening out your role. So the compliance work, I, I kind of, um, say it's like pushing the cash, cash register before April 15th. It's like, okay, what, what happened, uh, in tax year 21, right? You, um, you got this income, you took these deductions, and then we're going to sum it all up and figure out how much you owe or what your refund's going to be, be at the end of the year. Whereas strategies, tax planning and strategies, you're going to be more proactive. So you're going to plan out things, take advantage of benefits well ahead of time. So it's a, um, it's a transition that you can make in the course of a tax engagement. So yes, I'm preparing your return uh, before April 15th or on extension. And yes, let's do the compliance work, but let's also start teeing up topics where they can do some of this proactive planning to uh, reduce their liability uh, for the following tax year. So the two kind of go hand in hand. Now the engagement will end, or I should say the, the compliance work for TY21 will end when once you do that return, right? But And you can tee up the strategies, but you may want to uh, work with your clients throughout the summer uh, into the fall and winter to, uh, it's kind of an ongoing engagement. Um, you're going to kind of plant the seed about these tax planning strategies, but then also meet with them throughout the year and uh, check in, hey, how's this going? How's th that going? Have any circumstances changed? Can we take advantage of some other things? So it's more of an all, all, all year round uh, type engagement. Does that make sense? Yeah, actually, what you're saying is what I do with a number of my clients. Uh, I've changed them. The ones that are brand new, we do one thing. But what you're saying totally makes sense. After I've done the engagement for compliance, I sit down with them and say, hey, we're going to change what we do for next year. And we're going to have quarterly meetings. So we're going to change the nature of the engagement. I'm not really going to charge you for your tax return next year. I'm going to put you on a uh, subscription service for advisory services, and we're going to meet X number of times, depending on the client, and we're going to sit down and see where you are at that point in the year, and then figure out what the tax strategy is and what to implement. So I turn around to you and say, you know, as you're doing that, you know, kitty tax, is there a way uh, to do advisory services on kitty tax? Yeah, so the, the kitty tax, um, let me go to my uh, cliff notes here. The, the way the kitty tax works is that um, if you have children, um, children have to pay uh, taxes at the parent's rate if the, if the following conditions exist, right? The child has more than 2,200 in unearned income, which is basically like interest, dividends, capital gains, and such. They're required to file a tax return. Uh, they don't file a joint return with a spouse of their own, uh, and at least one of the uh, the parents is alive. There's also some age requirements too. Generally under 18. So um, with with the kitty tax, you're gonna get you're gonna get hit with the um, at the parents' rates. But um, what what you some of the planning opportunities would be is to um, a parent may want to shift assets. Uh, to the child, right? Because if if the parent has the assets, they're going to get taxed at the parent's rates. You shift it to the child. The way the rules work it, is that the first eleven hundred dollars is tax free. So let's say I uh, shift some um, uh, stock uh, stocks to my to my child, right? 
the first $1,100 is going to be considered uh, unearned income. That would be like the dividends or the capital gains if they ultimately sell the stock. The next $1,100 is taxed at the child's income tax rate uh, for 2020 and 2021. That's kind of the threshold. And then above that, it's going to be it's going to be taxed at the uh, parents rate. So you're instead of having all this investment income taxed at the uh, parents rates, uh, you actually you would um, have the first eleven hundred unearned or would be tax free. The next eleven hundred uh, taxed at the child's rates, and then the balance, anything over twenty two hundred, uh, taxed at the uh, parents' marginal rate. So there is a, a little tax planning that you can do there to in order to have uh, the parent escapes, escape some tax. So, so what you're saying, I guess, is I should take some of my stock and gift it to my kids so that I don't have to worry about paying the higher rates on the dividends and they'll pay it at the lower rates and figure out what's best, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you also have to you know, take into consideration uh, what's, the, what's the child going to do with those assets. Um, if you're going to be, um, if they're going to inherit the money uh, anyway, down the road, you know, some folks will start gifting um, the money to their children because there's that fifteen thousand um, dollar gift tax exclusion too. So some families will start giving their kids' children kind of ahead of the estate tax down the road, and then the kid, the kids can actually, if they're going to be uh, going to college, they could take the money that you uh, gift them and invest it in a five twenty nine plan or um, you know, put it towards education too. And for for those who are listening, you know, uh, what's a five twenty nine plan? Okay, it's um, I do have a section here on um, education, and we can we can bounce around certainly. So for uh, tax breaks for um, uh, parents with children, five twenty nine plan is I want to say it's the the most popular. I would say also maybe the most uh, fruitful in terms of. Um, uh, tax benefits. You do have education credits and there's also an education savings account, but the 529 plans are popular. Basically, it allows you to either prepay or contribute to an account established for paying a student's education expenses at an eligible institution. And the way it works is there's a really cool benefit. No tax is due on a distribution from a Q-tip, Qualified Tuition Program, or 529 unless the amount distributed is greater than the beneficiary's uh, education expenses. So if there's appreciation in that, let's say I invested in a 529 plan years ago and it appreciated uh, because the stock market went up, when I go ahead and pay for the tuition down the road, um, that appreciation is going to go tax-free as long as it's greater than... um, those uh, the tuition fees and the room and board and the expenses. So you're escaping uh, a good, potentially escaping a good chunk of um, uh, capital gains by using a 529 plan. That sounds good. It's like an IRA for education. That's correct. But even better because you have to, you know, you have to pay the distributions when you take out from an IRA, but this is completely tax-free. That's right. Tax-free versus just deferral. Uh You're going to defer it in the meantime. As the assets grow, and then it goes, um, it, it gets excluded as excluded from income as long as the um, it's greater than the uh, or the education expenses are greater than the distribution. Right. Hey, let me ask another question that hit me while you're talking about saving money for kids. What if Jason employed his kids to work for him? 
You know, would that be a tax benefit anywhere along the line? Yes, there's some really good benefits um, for uh, parents who uh, have their have a family business and then they hire their children. Um, I can kind of go over those. So payments for the services of a child under 18 are not subject to Social Security or Medicare taxes. That's a nice perk, right? But the business has to be either a sole proprietorship or a partnership in which each partner is a parent of the child. So there's some conditions involved. Uh, payments how to a child. How old does the kid have to be? Does age make a difference? Yeah, well, that's 18. If it's if it's under 18, uh, no social security tax and no Medicare taxes. But if I can still hire hire a kid that's 12 or 13 years old to do like janitorial services. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you also have to look at the lo- the local labor laws too, right? But yes, uh, if they if they're covered by that, you can hire them. If they're under 21, they uh, they're not subject to the feuda taxes, um, but they're all they're definitely going to be subject to income tax. Uh, so, you know, now, be careful. Is that... Oh, sorry, Mike. Go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah, they're going they're going to escape um, the FICA taxes if they're under 18. The feuded taxes if they're under 21, and uh, they none of them are going to escape the income tax. Got it. And, and does it matter uh, if they're W-2 or 1099? Uh, let's see. If, if you're hiring them as an independent contractor, um, I have to look that one up. I don't think there's a difference. Uh, good question. I might, have, I might have to look that up, but I don't think there's a difference. Um, if I think about the benefits, uh, just extending this out a little bit, right? Business receives a deduction for the wages paid. Child receives tax-free income up to the standard deduction, and a po- they can possibly take an IRA deduction. So there's a nice, I don't want to say loophole, but there's a nice tax benefit there. Uh, the child may choose to invest in a Roth IRA. Now, you don't get a deduction with for a Roth, but they um, there are nice benefits with a Roth, a, tr- uh, a Roth IRA versus traditional IRA. Uh, they can also invest in a 529 plan for education. So it's a nice way to escape some taxation by hiring them. And there's some, I can go deeper here, but there's some um, kind of rules of the road. Um, the child, well, I get, another benefit is the child doesn't have to file a tax return if they're under the threshold also, which is cool. Teaches the, the child about budgeting uh, how to handle their money, et cetera, right? Uh, child must be hired to do actual work for the business. It can't be a sham, as we all know. Uh, keep the business separate from any household chores and things that you do. So it has to be legitimate. As we said, comply with like local labor laws, child labor laws. Um, child should be paid in real money with a paper trail, just in case things get audited. Uh, pay wage is at least minimum wage. And they also, you can't pay them too much, something that's out of whack with the um, economic conditions, right? And then, as we said earlier, make sure you um, withhold and pay the income taxes. And, a, and a, a child can be a 1099 person also, as long as it's doing a job that's legal within that particular situation. Anyone can work with, let's say I, don't, I employ someone else's kid, I'm paying him. The same rules apply. They don't have to pay Social Security because they're under 18. But whether it's a 1099 or a salary, it doesn't make a difference as long as it's a legal job. 
And I think you made some really good points about making sure you've got the good paper trail and you're really keeping track of, you know, because this is this is something that could easily be used as as a tax evasion, right, which is illegal um, tax. versus tax savings, which is what we are here to do. No, ta- tax avoidance is perfectly legal. Tax evasion isn't. And right. Hiring your kids is one way to avoid paying tax at a higher level by paying the kid because the kid gets earned income. And what Mike said before, the unearned income rule doesn't apply. So everything's going to be taxed at a lower rate for earned income for the kid. Right, Mike? Is that what it's going to be? That's correct. Mm-hmm. So tax avoidance is your higher kid. That's why I mentioned the 12-year-old janitorial services. As long as it's legal, you can hire your kid to clean you up. 12 is okay. That's 12-year-old can do that. So I think that's character building. Mm. So, uh, Mike, any last tips for us um, before we go to wrap up? Uh, let's see here. So just kind of going through the topics that I hit, uh, maybe like a little bit of um, uh, cleanup. So I did talk about the the um, 529 plans, right? We kind of laid out the benefits there. Still in the education bucket, there's a also an education savings account that they have. Now that's going to be limited to $2,000 uh, per year. So um, the 529 plan tends to be a little more beneficial. Um, you also have uh, education credits that it, they t- recently Congress took away the tuition fees deduction but that's okay because we still have the American Opportunity Credit and the Lifetime Learning Credit. Uh, American Opportunity Credit is a little more beneficial, basically $2,500 per year. 40% is, um, is refundable. And the two can overlap. I can do a 529 plan or, and I can do a, um, uh, an American Opportunity Credit, but it can't be for the same expenses. So in other words, um, let's say I did put away some money in a 529 plan. I can take those benefits and um, apply them to some of the education or some of the education expenses. And then if there's some leftover expenses that qualify, I can take the American Opportunity Credit as well. So just be aware uh, that there's multiple benefits in the education realm and you'll want to kind of weigh out the uh, the different scenarios. Education credit is like Maybe I didn't save all along. 529 plan takes some proactive planning. I got to invest that money and have it grow. Education credits, well, I didn't, I didn't put away any money. I'm paying for the education now, and I'm, I'm still left with that credit that I can take. That's good to know, because I've got one going into college next year, and I did not set up a 529 for her. <laughs> well, awesome. Super helpful tips, Mike. Thank you. And so you uh, you actually did a webinar, uh, and and I think did you present this information in the virtual conference for season readiness as well? We did not present this the, these topics, but we did do a webinar. Um, I believe it's still available in a recorded fashion, but um, it's, it was separate from the season readiness. That was more around tax law updates. I was and more key strategies. That's right. right. Um, perfect. And so if you want to get more information about, you know, some of the stuff, all of the, the, you know, more encompassing, go, go check out the season readiness virtual conference on our website, proconnect.intuit.com. Uh, and if you, if you navigate over to the webinars, you can find that recording specifically that goes deeper into the strategies for families with children. Uh, so there's a couple, couple resources for you. 
Well, good. And uh, as a reminder, folks, you know, got some great information here, uh, some some helpful strategies to to provide, you know, your clients. And as David was talking about before, right? Stop giving this stuff away for free. Create your your planning engagements and move your clients into more of a subscription model and meet with them more regularly. And then, you know, I love the way you position that, David. You know, yeah, I'm not going to charge you for the tax return next year. I'm going to instead put you on the subscription model. We're going to talk about the stuff throughout the year. And the tax return will just be part of that. Because that's the stuff that they really need from you, right? They come wanting a tax return. But what they really need is your expertise. All right. So that's that's a good place to wrap us up. So we'll see you next time. Great. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to learn more about any of the topics discussed on the show, visit intuitaccountants.com forward slash podcast. Account Trends is produced and edited by Luke Johnston. Copyright Intuit 2022.